Here we go. One more Dominion Sonship coming to you live from up here, up in here, up in the presence of the Lord, up in the place of dominion, up in the place that is above, above and far above all. And so we have a message again today. And um, what I have been meditating on is the power of the cross. And it has been one long season of meditation. That's really how I became born again through a night vision of the cross and Jesus dying on the cross. And really, that has been the theme of my meditation throughout my Christian life, the power of the cross. And I believe that on some level as Christians, we have really departed from the power of the cross or, or the, the primary place the cross does have in our Christian life. That really without the cross, without Jesus dying on the cross. And when I talk about the cross, I talk about his death. Without him laying down his life as a, a sin offering, as an atoning sacrifice, as a propitiation for our sins, we really would have no power to overcome will have no power to overcome because in our minds we'll always be trying to attain to something that we have already have been given. And that is forgiveness of sins. And so today my, my message is uh, dealing with forgiveness and dealing with the reality of our forgiveness in Christ. And the title is Confidence in His Ransom that we're to have confidence in his ransom. Now, of course, we have been talking about confidence. We've been talking about the word confidence, the Greek word 3954, that is boldness, that is freedom in speaking, fearlessness, cheerful courage. Come on, cheerful courage, confidence in God that goes back to middle of July, and then we moved into not of this creation because we have this confidence now that we are born again, we are from above, and because we're children of God, we have overcome all. And then last week was established blameless. And so this, this that I'm going to speak on today ties with it all. Established blameless. Why? Because we are forgiven. Why? Because he became a ransom for our life. Why? Because he is the propitiation. He is the atoning sacrifice for the sin that I have committed and I'll ever commit. And so I can now have a right standing on the basis of his sacrifice. There's no more need of another sacrifice. There's no more need of another laying down of his life. Now the only laying down of one's life, it's me, myself, unto the Father. And so let's go to Matthew 20. Matthew 20, we'll start at verse 25. Jesus called them to himself and said, this is right in the moment of a greatness in serving that the question was the the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him and 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 said um she asked him something and this is what she asked him this is now verse 21 
grant that this is a Matthew 20, 21, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. What, what audacity and really what arrogance and what a prideful heart to ask this question. A selfish question. And Jesus in his mercy says, you don't know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Because you see, we always see these positionings of God as being, as being just something you can walk into. Ah, uh, Jesus, I'm asking in your name. Can you make me be so? No. There is a walk of transformation. There is a lying down of my life. Because he laid down his life, and this is what Jesus would say. You don't know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Are you willing to lay down your life? Uh, my question to you today is, are you willing to lay down your life? Or are you just so lofty-headed in your own little understanding of what you want to do, what you don't want to do? Jesus gets me. I've already asked him from that position in the heavenly realm. Are you willing? Are you willing to drink the cup that he has drunk for you? And be baptized with the baptism I'm about to be baptized with. A baptism into death. And they said to him, we're able. And he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to baptize, that I'm about to baptize with. But to sit on my right hand and my left hand is not mine to give. So your position, your moment before God is to lay down your life. That's what you are to do. And the rest is God's. Jesus said, it's not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. And so the importance of walking in obedience. Walking in obedience. To lay down your life. And when, and this is, this is now we're coming into 24, 25. When the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers because they were, had more boldness and audaciousness to ask that corner question, which I'm sure was on their minds as well. But look at Jesus's, look at what he, he brings on now. And this is where my message is coming from. He called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. Everyone wants to be a lord over something. My own little ministry. I have an utterance. I have a gift of the Holy Spirit. Me, myself, and I. I want to lord over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. It shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and this is it, and to give his life a ransom 
for many. I want to look up that word that took a snapshot this morning, a ransom for many. That word ransom is the Greek word 3083 Lutron. It is a ransom. The purchase money for Manumitting slaves, a ransom, the price of ransoming, especially the sacrifice by which expiation is effected, an offering of expiation. Here the word study of it will bring greater clarity. Literally, this word is the ransom money, price money. Jesus said, I have come, I have, I have not come to be served, but I've come to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. I have come to be the price for your sin. The ransom money price to free a slave. This is what he came to do. He didn't come to be a lord over lords, yet he is coming as the king of kings. But when he came right here was to lay down his life. So he'll be the ransom money, the price to free a slave of which I am one. I was one, a slave to sin, a slave to Satan. This word is used in the New Testament of the ultimate liberty price. The blood of Christ, which purchased, ransoms believers, freeing them from all slavery and bondage to sin. You see, you have been freed from the bondage and the dominion of sin. And so today you have a way out on the basis of the blood, not because you're strong enough to withstand all, but because he is strong enough to have crushed it all. He has crushed it all. He has crushed it all. And so be bold today and have confidence in his ransom of your life. In his forgiveness of your life, Mark says exactly the same. If we go to Mark 10, it's really the same. The same read from 44. I'll read the two verses here, 44, 45. The words of Jesus. And whoever of you, this is it for you and I today. Whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. You don't need the following. You need to follow him alone. You don't need the crowd. You need to follow him alone and lay down your life. It is in the secret place of the Most High. You live life before God. You don't need understanding. God has granted you a, a liberty prize. He, he, he doesn't need to understand your sin or your situation. He says, come out from among them and be found in the living. I've paid for liberty for you today. Carnal mindsets. And what has happened to our, our precious reality of Christianity has become a do-good book. How to become rich book. How to get further in life by pretending you're really kind to everyone, but you're filled with selfish ambition and greed. The love of money. 
It's a narrow way. It's a narrow way. Sit down this afternoon and judge your heart before the living God. Whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. He gave his life a ransom for many. Where is the blood contained in, in his blood? He gave his blood as a ransom for you and I. The reality of the preciousness of the blood of Christ is the ransom price that he paid for you and I, that we will have a clear, pure conscience of being guiltless, sinless in the sight of God, blameless, established in blamelessness, in Christ, in the blood, in the blood, in the blood. Your ransom has been paid. Let's go to First Peter. Actually, before we get to Luke 24, let's look on the way to First Peter. The very last chapter of the book of Luke. This is the hour. This is the hour. To be fully liberated from that carnality of a thought that you're a slave to sin, that you're bound in that problem situation when you've been ransomed through the precious blood of Christ. So Luke 24, let's see. Hmm. Let's do 44 and then we'll... I'm actually going for 40. I'm going for um, just a little bit lower, but we'll start 44. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, all things must be fulfilled, and they will be fulfilled, and they had to be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. This is what God wants to do to us today and every day to open up our understanding, to understand the scriptures, that when he said it is finished, it was indeed finished. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer. Why was it necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day? This is it. That and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. He came to lay down his life so that repentance and remission be preached in his name. Be preached in his name. What are we to preach in his name? Repentance and remission of sin. How often are these to preach nowadays? Repentance and remission of sins. They go hand in hand. 
repentance and remission of sins. No, you know, I have a better way, God. You know, God, today's understanding is a little bit progress from what you said over here. Now the world has opened up my understanding and now I understand the ways of the world. Psychology, psychiatry, feel good messages. Nothing wrong with me. Do whatever the world tells you to do. You're just fine. The blood covers you. No, the blood is not to cover you for you to live a carnal life. The blood is to draw you out unto God. First Peter, the purpose of the blood, that you be purchased, your purchased possession, belonging to God, bidding the will of God, bidding the will of God. First Peter 1 Peter 1.13. Therefore, I, I'm going, I'm going to further down, but I'm going to start here. 13, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Be sober. Your purchased possession. You've been bought through the precious blood of Christ. You belong to God. You don't have a say-so. Oh, I have a say-so. No. My say-so and your say-so in Christ is his say-so. His say-so is right here for us to be uh, girded up in the loins of our mind. Be sober, be vigilant, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Your hope solely is to be resting on the revealing of the Son of God. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts, as you knew ignorance, but as he who called you is holy. Look at this. As he who called you is holy, holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. How often do we meditate that? Oh, well, Desi, now that's a religious thing to say that. Well, he says, be holy, for he is holy. And then he'll tell you how he has set you apart for you to walk out your sanctification in Christ. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, you will be judged according to your work. Well, look, and if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, he'll judge you without partiality, not how you feel about it, how you don't feel about it. Without partiality, sober up, brother and sister in Christ. According to each one's work, conduct yourself. How are we supposed to conduct ourselves? He's going to tell us. Conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. What? Say you. In fear. I thought we delivered from fear. 
Yes, we are from the fear of Satan that's found in the world, but we're to live a life in honor to the one who's purchased us. We're to live life in honor with the blood that has brought us nigh unto the Father. We're to live life holy before him as he is holy, solely given to him and his past, and not to touch the with our minds. And there are some things, there are some things I cannot touch with my mind. I have to trust the lead of the Spirit. And it doesn't matter whether I get it or someone else gets it. We have to be found obedient to His call because we'll be judged without partiality according to each one's work. Oh my. And if you do not understand that you are redeemed, that you are purchased, that there's been a ransom paid, you will live any old way as the world lives without fearing the living God. Look at verse 18. Why is he saying to be holy as he is holy? Why is he saying for us to conduct ourselves while here on earth in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Do not count the blood of Christ as nothing. Do not cheapen nor invalidate the blood of Christ. You will give an account to the living Father, whether you lived life in honor to the blood, which was the ransom for your life. Because look, how we redeemed through the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We have been purchased. We have been purchased through the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Where was the blood shed on the cross? The cross of Christ is my liberty from sin. The cross of Christ is my reality of my forgiveness. The cross of Christ is the power of the Christian life. There'll be no resurrection, no ascension, and no sitting down without you having the reality of forgiveness of sin. How can you ruin reign far above all if you're dealing with the condemnation of the sin this morning? Hiding in pretense, I hope she doesn't get me or, or, or know what I say about her or him. Lying. Speaking malicious things behind closed doors and pretending you're getting along. Time to face up reality. Because we have been purchased. We belong to God and we'll give an account to God. And while we're here on earth, throughout the time of our stay right here, right now, we're to live how? Yeah, happy, happy, happy. Yes, 
When I live in fear and in order to the blood of Christ, there is a joy divine. No matter the intensity you walk through today, yesterday, the week before, the month, the year, two, five, seven years, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If one goes by feelings, we're sunk. But thank God we go by the blood. We go by the blood. Because he, in verse 20, he was indeed foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him, through him, through him, through him, believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith, your faith and hope are in God. You see, without this reality of the blood of Christ, of you being ransomed, you'll be trusting any old voice you hear. You'll follow anyone that's out there that sounds kind of okay. No. My faith and hope are in God. Firmly established on the blood. Firmly established on the blood. Because there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Isn't that what Hebrews tells us? If we have time, we'll look at that as well. Let's go to Romans 3 from here. Malikaya. Don't give up. Don't give up. Kili mandro Mandala He is the soon coming king. Don't give up. Romans 3.25. Hmm about this righteousness being revealed through faith in Jesus Christ to all, which is apart from the law. You couldn't earn it. Freely you were justified. Freely you were justified. If we go to verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God set forth as a propitiation. That word means atoning sacrifice. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He was the lamb slain for the remission of sin. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood, by his blood through faith. To demonstrate why was the blood shed for you and I? Why was the blood of Christ shed? Was it just, oh, God doesn't really care. He can do whatever he wants to do. The blood was shed to demonstrate his righteousness. You have no right standing with God without the price he paid for you and I. You have no right standing before God even if you did everything right which you cannot. Because flesh is bound to destroy you. The only way you please God is this walk of the spirit that is in faith and through faith, by faith alone. whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time right now 
his righteousness. And that's displayed on the cross when he became sin for you and I. So we be my, so we be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Forgiveness of sin. He was the price paid that he might be just in the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Who is your justifier? You see, many read that and they're like, well, you know, they know they've done something amiss and they don't want to face it. And they go to them like, okay, God knows me. He's justified me. We just read what Peter said. While you stay here on earth, live life before God. He knows. He knows your thoughts from afar off. Do not ever depart from the power of the blood. Don't ever let go of this confidence in that blood. The ransom he paid for you and I. Colossians. Uh, see this word ransom? Sorry, uh, the word redemption. In, in, in Romans 3.24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption. That word is forgiveness. Through the redemption that is in Christ. That, sorry, that's purchased. I want to look it up because it's the same word that's used in Colossians. Just a minute. Yay. So... Romans, Romans 3, 2, 4. I want to actually read the entire verse in the Strong's Reconcordance. It's so powerful. Romans 3, 24. And are justified, that we are now justified. That word is to render just or innocence. Through the blood of Christ, we've been rendered just and innocent before God. And you are justified freely. That word freely is a free gift. He was the ransom, not you and I. As a free gift without payment, freely, freely. By his grace, through the redemption, this is the word, this word redemption is the Greek 629. And it means a release affected by payment of ransom. So today you are released from the power of sin and death, from the power of Satan, because of a payment of a ransom. Do you know you're released today? Do you know you're free today? The word is, this word redemption is release affected by payment of ransom, redemption, deliverance. The word study is literally Buying back from, repurchasing, winning back. You've been won back to God. You've been repurchased back to God. That which was previously forfeited or lost. Yep, with the sin of Adam, we were all lost. We're all gone astray, the word says. Fallen short of the glory. But now we are freely justified through the blood of Christ. This word emphasizes the distance, safety margin, the results between the rescued person and what previously enslaved them. There is a safety margin. We have been far removed from the dominion of sin. 
For the believer, the prefix um, in this word looks back to God's effective work of grace, purchasing them from the debt of sin and bringing them to bringing them to their new status being in Christ. You have a new status. You have a new status. You're a brand new creation. You're in Christ today. New status. Brand new creation in Christ. And so with, with, with this in our mind, let's go to where else this word was used in Colossians 1. And I've looked at this. I've looked at this. My, I believe last Sunday I might have looked at it. And um, even I believe the uh, one of the talks I just recently did. Colossians. 13 and 14, Colossians 1, 13, 14. This is it. Look at this. Look, look what he has done. There's a safety margin. <laughs> Satan can't trespass that. Satan can't trespass that. The margin of the blood of Christ has separated us from forever, forever. He has delivered us. This is, this is what the Lord has done through the Lord Jesus Christ. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. In whom, this is it, in whom, you see, redemption, forgiveness of sin is only found in him. In whom we have redemption, this is the word, A release affected by payment of ransom. In him we have this release because he paid for us through his blood, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Do you believe your sins forgiven today? I guess that's the core message. Are you confident that your sin is forgiven today? Are you confident? Because then nothing that I've spoken over the last few weeks will make any sense. It's not a raw, fleshy confidence. It is a cheerful courage based on that which he has done. It is a boldness that comes from the Holy Ghost on the foundation of the blood of Christ. I am in new status now, in Christ, new creation. I'm not of the lower creation. I'm not of this world's creation. I'm from above. I'm born again. And because I'm born again, I stand before him blameless on the power of the blood of Christ. And because of that, I live life in the fear of God, knowing that I will give an account. And so my motive is pure of God. My motive is of God. I'm moved solely by the Spirit. And I trust. And I trust that He will work it all out. But what I do is I groom this confidence in His ransom of my life. I groom my confidence in this forgiveness I have in the blood. I groom my confidence in this re redemption that he has purchased for me. Hebrews 2, okay, we're coming, we're coming, we're coming to a little closure here. But it can open up there too, so let's see how he leads. Hebrews 2, 14. 
Hebrews 2.14. Ah, oh, I've read this many times. And I'll keep reading this many times. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he, that is Jesus, he himself likewise shared in the same. That through death, through his death, this is the power of the cross. What are we talking about? Confidence in his ransom. The power of the cross that leads us into newness of life through his resurrection from the dead. That through death he might, Jesus, that Jesus might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those, to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Are you living in fear? Are you a coward today? Are you hiding behind the little thing? I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. But you're really afraid. Know today that you have been released. You have been through that which he's done on the cross. Dying. We have, he, Satan has been fully destroyed. His power has been fully destroyed. And we now have release from this fear of death that we were at one point subject to and bound by. Um, now that word, if we go back to 14, that Jesus shared in, in, in humanity, in flesh, in, in flesh and blood, so he might destroy, that through death he might destroy Satan's power of death. That word destroys actually the Greek, I love it. It's katergeo and it's the, the Greek 2673. And it means to paralyze. It means to render inoperative Satan's power over you, a.k.a. the power of sin, the dominion of darkness has been rendered inoperative, abolished, made of no effect, annulled, annulled, and brought to naught. That's what that word destroy means. That's what that word destroy means. And if we go to 1 John, there's another word destroy there, and it's the word luo, and it, it, it's, it's got a different definition, but again, to, to bring to our understanding that Satan's work of fear and the power of sin has been fully broken off of us because of the blood of Christ. 1 John 3, 8. Let's go with seven. Little children, let no one deceive you. Don't be deceived today in believing a lie. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Are you practicing righteousness today? Are you practicing righteousness? Are you getting up every morning and making a firm decision? I go with God today. I'm a doer of the word today. No matter what it feels like, doesn't feel like, I'm a doer of the word. I practice righteousness today. I yield my members and members of, I yield my members as members of righteousness. To bring glory to my Father. 
just as he is righteous. Verse 8, he who sins is of the devil. Do not succumb again to the power of sin that you've been delivered out of. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Look at this. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. For the purpose to destroy the one that had the power of sin over your life. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy. This is the word that he might destroy. And this is the Greek 3089, Lua. The works of the devil. You see, if you meditate your past sins, if you meditate your past failures, if you meditate everywhere you've fallen short of the glory of God, you're not meditating the ransom he's paid for you. You're living under the power of condemnation that keeps you in the flesh. But when you meditate the power of the blood, that is the ransom for a remission of sin, then you are moving in the spirit and practicing righteousness. That word, for this reason, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That word is lured to destroy, and it is to, I like one of the definitions is, is to, to break up a meeting. Jesus came right in, 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 on Satan's turf, hell. He went down to the pit of hell and destroyed powers and prisons. He destroyed, he annulled them. He annulled them on their own home turf. He broke up the meeting. They're conniving against you and I. They're operations against you and I. The word destroy also means to loose to untie, to release, to annul, to dissolve. You today are loosed. You're loosed through the blood of Christ. Live in honor of this loosing through the blood. Live in honor of that which he's done for you. How? By being mindful. By having confidence in this ransom price of his life. He gave his life as a ransom for many. Hebrews 7. I said last week I was going to go in Hebrews, and so I'm trusting to be able to cover the verses there that I were on my heart even last week. 7, 22 to 25. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety. Collateral. Security. He paid the price. The guarantee. To a better covenant, of a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because, also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing, continuing to be priests. But he, our Jesus, he continues because he's come in the power of eternal life, endless life. No more die, no death, no death. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, therefore, he's also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, through him. Yes, we are saved. Because we come 
through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He's the ransom price, and he'll always be my ransom price. Eight, actually, in um, he did this, if we go to the end of 27, the same chapter, chapter 7, Hebrews. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. The atoning sacrifice. And now, now we go to 8, 6. But now he, Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry. What am I talking about? <laughs> the most principal thing in Christianity. The most principal thing in Christianity I'm talking about. Forgiveness of sin I'm talking about. Forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness. So many struggle in the most, in the most, in the most, the core of our faith. The core of faith. Forgiveness. You have no right standing with God outside of the cross. You've got no right standing with God outside of the blood. Forgiveness. Every message I have preached means nothing if you don't have this down. Dominion means nothing if you do not understand that you're delivered from the dominion of Satan. Through the blood. Forgiven of sins. Forgiveness. But let's go back to Hebrews 8, 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. Inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant. Yes, because it's based on his blood, not the blood of goats and bulls which was established on better, on better promises. And then he'll say that the first covenant found fault because that blood of the animals had to be eerily poured out. But his blood once and for all was poured out. He offered up himself once for all, forever. Then we can go down to 9-11 that we've, we've been reading the last few weeks. It's so good. It's so good we read again. 9-11 onward. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. We are in the good things that have already come. We are in the good days. We are on the other side of the cross where there's remission of sins. Of good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more, how much more show the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve 
to serve the living God. Without this revelation of being forgiven, forgiven, be on the basis of the blood, you can't even serve the living God. You can't serve the living God. Because you'll be caught in this carnal service of trying to please God when He's fully pleased on the basis of the blood. And for this reason, He is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant. He had to die. He was the atoning sacrifice. He was the propitiation. He was the price. He had to die. The lamb slain, he had to die. That those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. And we finish with... Let's see. Actually, let's continue. Let's continue and we'll finish up the message with this portion of scripture here. For where there is a testament, there must also be. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the tester, right? He had to die. For a testament is in force after men are dead since it has no power, has no power at all while the tester lives. There's no validity while the tester lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood, he took Moses. Moses took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself. Mm-mm-mm. Blood-washed word. Blood-washed word. Do not forsake this blood-washed word. Your very life is in this blood-washed word. Sprinkle both the book itself and all the people. As we live in here, we are receiving of his blood. As we live in this word, we are rooted. We are rooted in that finished work of Christ. Saying, this is what Moses said, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. All things purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. There's no forgiveness without shedding of blood. There's no forgiveness without shedding of blood. And that forgiveness, that word, that there's no remission without shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness without shedding of blood, it is Dismissal, release, pardon, ascending away, a letting go, complete forgiveness. There's no, no complete forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And he shed his blood to release us from the obligation of debt that we paid because of our sin towards God. 
What mercy, what love, what forsaking of his life he did for you and I. And so the greatest honor to the blood is me laying down my life for him alone. Verse 23, therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself. He has entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. He has appeared. He is the mediator of a new covenant. He is yours and my high priest. He has appeared on my behalf, on your behalf before God, declaring us just, declaring us forgiven, giving us the right standing with God. Does this move you? Does it apprehend you? Does it set you free? It should set you free. Hmm. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another of the Old Testament, right? He then, Jesus, he then would have had to offer often since the foundation of the world. But now, but now once at the end of the age, he has appeared to put away sin. He has appeared, he came and manifested his life. Why? To destroy Satan. The one that had the power of death over your life. That condemned you to hell. But that power is destroyed. You've been untied from that evil dominion. You've been loose. You're transferred into God's brand new kingdom on the basis of the blood of Christ. This is the teaching of the blood. The teaching of the blood is that without blood, there's no remission of sin. Without blood, there's no liberty in the Christian life. Without blood, there is no walking in the Spirit. As a righteous man, as a just man and a just woman before God. Because he has appeared, the Lord Jesus has, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Of himself. And as it is appointed for man to die once, but after this the judgment, after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time. Mm -mm -mm. Are you eagerly waiting for him? He will appear a second time apart from, from sin for salvation. He is the soon coming king. Live life before God. In the power of the blood, knowing that you have been set apart as a holy vessel to God. To live life in honor of the blood. To live a life as a purchased possession of God. To allow his life to be manifested through your life because you have laid down your own carnal life to the glory of his name. Hallelujah. We are done. Amen and amen. Glory, glory.